Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Well, hello and welcome to episode 106 now of the PreparedX podcast. I'm your host, Rob Burton, and coming to you on video for the first time. Uh, happy to have uh, Shane Matthew, head of Enterprise Resilience at Zoom, as our host today. Uh, sorry, as our guest today. How are you? I'm doing well, Robert. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, great to hear from you. And just before we get started, uh, as always, um, this uh, uh, episode is brought to you by First Look. And First Look is our customized crisis simulation exercise service by Pre- PreparedX. Uh, we design it and you deliver it. See more details at preparedx.com slash first look. So in addition to your uh, busy life at uh, Zoom, Shane, you also are a host of the Failover Plan podcast. So uh, looking forward to hearing some more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I've taken a little bit of a break. Uh, Zoom has been, uh, you know, we're rapidly building our program here. So that's taken a lot of my time. But, you know, I'm getting the bug again, the itch <laughs> to uh, do some more episodes. And and so I'm glad to see the, uh, the field of uh, podcasts have grown exponentially, it seems, yeah. over the last two years. So I've got a lot of good competition like you to uh to compete against so I'm, I'm 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 worried in that sense but i'm looking forward to trying again yeah yeah no it's it's actually quite nice because you know we were one of the, probably one of the first ones and there's probably others as well that yeah. start to talk about this um i don't know uh, I'm guessing eight years ago now, maybe even longer. Um, and um, I know recently uh, our colleague, um, Mark Hoffman, who you're familiar with, yeah. um, last year came, you know, I said, well, you know, we, you know, is there enough space for in the, you know, in the podcasting world? I said, it's a big world, Mark. <laughs> it's a, you know, go, go ahead and start one. And, uh, and of course, uh, already, you know, those guys are on uh, 50 plus um, on yeah. podcasting and, uh, you know, they, they seem to do one every week. You know, ours is a, a little, a little more relaxed. One, one every couple of weeks well or, or like you when we have time <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately it's not uh it's 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 with with life the way it is at times it's it's hard to, to invest it's a it's a it's a i always have respect for others who did this because after i started doing it i was realizing man it's a lot of work you know <laughs> right yeah. if you want to do it well right exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 getting the it's all about the audio right getting the audio right so anyway but right. uh, we're doing this first time uh, on video as well so we're we're looking forward to um you know kind of pushing that on youtube and the various different places so uh before we jump in shane uh, can you let uh, the folks know a little bit more about your career so far please yeah, absolutely. Um, so my start in the field was pretty early on in my career. Uh, I worked for a CDC grant with local government, and uh, I was leading a bioterrorism preparedness program for this for the city near where I live. About six hundred thousand people at the time, and the the time frame was right after the anthrax attacks here in the United States. So I was uh, focused on building recovery plans and mass prophylaxis plans which is getting pills in people for a biological event. So the intention was to roll out our strategic national stockpile in two days. So how do you get 600,000 people, you know, pills? And so we went through a variety of planning strategies, but ultimately we end up thinking about, you know, points of dispensing in the community and how do you get security? How do you manage the, the, the issues that would come up getting the pills out to those populations? That's how it started. 
Uh, and in that grant, they started to talk about, you know, what is your normal operations, how they're going to continue on. And so the idea of business continuity started uh, to, to be more and more a part of my work. And, and that's how I really got into the resilience stage. And, you know, fast forward over several years, I've worked in various industries, healthcare, government, as I mentioned, you know, most recently I started working in tech, especially a lot of consulting work that I did, but I worked with manufacturing clients, Gulfstream is an example of of a a client that I used to work with extensively, but the building programs has been really where I spent a lot of my career. Uh, I really like that aspect of of, uh, program design and development. Uh, And in the crisis management realm, it has been always been a facet to everything that I've had to do. Right. So um, I'm a big believer in incorporating decision making, uh, psychology and gamification techniques into program development. Mm -hmm. Uh, And really because the intention is for me is I cannot do everything for a group. I have to have people that are trained and confident in their ability And because there's so many scenarios, if I can get them to at least know how to make good decisions, then then I feel like that's the half battle right there. So that's really where I've spent a lot of my career. And and, and like you mentioned, the podcast, I love learning and learning from others who do it better than me. So it's it's been something that I've tried to incorporate. I'm not opposed to taking a great idea and and incorporating into something I do. I'm I'm not a fan of just trying to come up with stuff by myself because I'm not that yeah. good at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm on your train for with that. So uh, as, as, it's, uh, as it relates to crisis management then, so, I mean, that's going to be our you know, kind of our topic for the, for the next 30 minutes or so. Um, you know, why is it important to you? Uh, um, is it really, again, we, you know, we're, we're focused here really on the corporate space uh, and cro- corporate uh, crisis preparedness. Um, you know, I, I was recently run a number of uh, tabletops, uh, active shooter actually, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. very interesting. Um, coming out of that, you know, you know, some teams wanted more specific plans on what to do, and I, you know, and, and the answer is, well, you know, every active shooter situation will be different, um, you know, you know, and so you, you've got to be able to kind of adapt to that situation. So, you know, what, what, so why is crisis management planning? I guess you know is the question here important to you? So, I mean, there's a couple of good reasons why it's important. Um, I, I think you have to look at how people perceive risk as the first kind of thought. It's it's rare that people come to work saying, hey, we need to come up with a plan on an active shooter event today. Right. You know, that, that's not the priority. I mean, in your personal life, uh, you maybe you think about insurance or risk mitigations tw- once or twice a year right. in your personal life. You rarely think about what could go wrong, unless you're people like me and you, Robert. We probably think about that all the time because yeah. that's just the nature of who we are, right? But most people don't like to think about risk, right? So, so translating that to companies, you know, companies in general don't spend time thinking about it because they have a whole list of other things that they 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 think are important, right? Yeah. That's number one. And then number two, companies don't think about risk because they uh, inevitably they apply the same logic that they applied when they were building the business. Hey, we can do this. We built this from scratch. We can also adopt or adapt to a changing crisis situation. We can, we can handle that too, but they don't necessarily understand the intrinsic differences in both time and pressure sensitivity that a crisis event has on you. And the fact that it's a new world, right? Just if you're building, you know, a business, you have opportunity, time to see 
where things are unfolding and make adjustments. But in crisis event, it's it's completely a different ballgame, right? So it's important to me to answer your question. Crisis management planning is important to me because I've seen that time and time again, where it's completely fallen apart. The same leaders who are I can handle, you know, any type of business situation you throw at me. I'm trained in that. They don't apply that same logic to being trained and prepared for a crisis. And so they get in that situation and they're, they're, they're just completely lost. Right. right. So, A, I, I think I've seen that so many times. But B, I really like the aspect of addressing this topic, how to do it in a way that's uh, unique and, 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 and builds muscle memory. And that to me is a challenging aspect. So I think that's why it's so important is that, you know, we don't do it enough. And right. it, I love the aspect of, of building. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, we, was up, we were on yesterday with the Tea and Chaos for ICMC, uh, the webinar series for our members, and we were on with uh, Tim Riker. And uh, you know, Tim comes from the emergency management world. There's a lot of government uh, work in that space. And uh, we were talking about the incident command system. And, and yeah. it was re- it's really about discipline. It's really about having you know those first few moments organized so it looks good further down the line. An hour from now, it looks good because we were organizing the first few moments. So uh, as yeah. it relates to the plans, though, um, um, uh, Shane, what about, um, you know, what should be in those plans? You know, we, we, you know I think we're, we're talking here about those plans being flexible. You know, we just mentioned that we can't have a plan for everything, right? So yeah, what should be in right. those plans? Well, you know, it, it, it's going to depend largely on what your business model is and what you're required to do, right? There, there are some groups that work extensively outside of their organization, So they have to partner with various stakeholders. Having an incident command system is going to be great for those types of situations because everybody's on the same page, right? Whereas in business, I've noticed that, you know, planning has to be a little bit more based on the culture of the organization, right? So, you know, if your plan, if your organization is already building extensive documentation and has SOPs and you're very rigorous about following them, then documentation, your planning is going to reflect that. Whereas if you're in other orgs that are small or if they're very informal, ad hoc, then you got to strategize there. Also, there's cultures that I've been a part of, I'll say, you know, in the tech industry too, that, you know, the culture is much more, you know, there's a term one company used called freedom and responsibility, where they basically said everybody has the freedom to make choices and decisions you know, and, and you're responsible for them, but you have the freedom to make your decisions as long as you're, you know, going to be achieving the, the company goals. So in that environment, coming in with a strict, hey, we're going to do one, two, three, four, that that doesn't right. gel at all, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so culture is important. So the second thing I think I've tried to incorporate more, I've learned over the years is that everybody has a different definition of what is an emergency to them. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's inevitable where we spend a lot of time, especially in a company that doesn't have planning, we spend a lot of time saying, should we call everybody else? Yeah, right. Yeah. Is this an emergency? Yeah. And, you know, frankly, that to me is something so easily solvable, but nobody ever spends time there. Right. You know, it's, it's, unless you have a crisis management program who is really trying to mature and, and build, we spend a lot of time there. So having an activation criteria that is universally agreed upon yeah. is critical to me. If you don't do anything else, 
that to me is something you should do because then you know, hey, at least I know and have agreed we're going to get in a room together or we're going to get a call together and talk about it because right. we all agree this is worth calling and talking to each other about. And, right? and if we and if we don't agree on it, right, then somebody has to make a decision to say, yes, we actually are going to activate the team because, you know, right. every situation, as you mentioned, you know, very different, right? So I, I've, I've also seen it whereby, well, we're not quite sure yet. You know, it, you know, right, we're, we're right. on the edge, but and then you may have half the team that says, "Well, actually, I would activate," and then the other, "Well, let's just hold off a little bit longer." So that command system that we spoke about, having a leader, right? Where and again, not 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 fully implemented ICS, but you know, in the business world, just someone that can say, "Okay, I'm the leader of this," you know, this response, and based on what you're telling me, we're activating the team, or we're not. Right. You have to have some decided upon criteria. Either yep. it's a single person, or it's. It's Documented. a threshold, yeah. you know, like yeah. this is a description, a matrix, something, whatever it is. Right. You have to have something because then you're you're spending less time deciding if it's important enough. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing I, I think I like to make sure I incorporate it in planning is a role for executives, clearly documented and agreed upon roles for executives, because there is inevitably, I think, in my experience, most of my issue is because you know, executive leadership are very good at leading the business. That's why they're in that role, right? And right. so, in again, if you don't spend a lot of time practicing, executives will want to lead in an emergency, mm -hmm. as they, they, they have the right to, right? But if you don't have that clearly defined as to what type of decision-making they are there for and what they're not there for and who would take up the slack in the tactical, you know, then executives can easily get into the tactical. Right. Right. So there's a story of uh, an Eastern airlines flight in the, uh, in, in the late seventies, I think it was or eighties where it crashed in Miami. You may be familiar with this it was the Eastern airlines flight. Basically they, the landing gear was uh, not coming down correctly uh, the light wasn't indicating whether it was down or not. And so the pilots, co-pilots at that time, they had an engineer in this, in this uh, plane. All three of them were focused on that. And they had been moved over the, uh, the Everglades. So it was completely dark outside. Autopilot was on and they're just watching and they're trying to fix the light. They even sent the engineer down to look and see if the, the gear was down. And they're all focused on meanwhile they didn't notice that the autopilot had disengaged and it was slowly you know going down and, and because of the lack of lighting because they were all focused on this problem they right. did not notice that the plane was getting closer and closer to the ground and it, and it ultimately crashed yeah. and many of the lives were lost on that flight i think in fact all the, the point is like when you have your leaders all focused on fixing the problem nobody's yeah. flying the plane yeah. Right. So that's why I, 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 that story really resonated with me a lot because I just really understood the fact that our leaders cannot get involved in the tactical decision making because they need to be looking at the strategic. That's been historically their role in big companies. That shouldn't change in a crisis. Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 No, so, I, I, I love that story. I love the the uh, the analogy there. And you know what what you know what we like to do in a, a simple even in simple tabletops, just break the team up. 
you know, mm -hmm. send them away. Okay, you're, you're going to work on, okay, your human resources. Here's, here's a, you know, people problem, right? And this is a very real problem to your environment. You know, here's an operational challenge. Here's all the stakeholders that you need to communicate with for, for the comms team, right? So you right. send them away and then you bring them back to bring, so that, so that leaders, you know, he or she is waiting, or, you know, if you've got two of them there, you know, because you got the backup there, they come yeah. back and get, they get information back through, uh, you know, right. the, the, you know, and then you're practicing that, uh, in a, you know, somewhat realistic uh you know of right. course you know simulated environment and they, you know that that has tremendous benefits for them right no absolutely i think i think that's 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 good that you're practicing in that way because that is how businesses work normally why would you shift that process right. in the midst of an emergency right um one other thing i'll mention is that in what should be in a plan, I think also should be, I mentioned earlier, decision-making framework, right? How do we make choices that's simple, easy to use? Um, and, and what are the key questions we ask? I think that's really important right. too. But, but it, at the end of the day, as much as we try to plan, it's really challenging to to, to be able to map out every single event. There's, cool. there's no way that you can do that. Uh, we, we did an exercise recently here where um, we, we talked about an earthquake in, 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 in the Bay Area, right? But then uh, we did another event right after where we talked about, uh, you know, police just showing up on the scene of your building without any sort of other clue as to the event, right? Sometimes you know, the, the, the scenario doesn't necessarily involve right. hey, there's an active shooter in your building. It's yep. just maybe police are wandering around and, and everybody's freaking out about that. Oh, right. Yep. So either one of those scenarios, there's so, you know, there's such a discrepancy between them. Right. But, but the decision-making framework should be the same. Right. Right. Like, no matter what you, what scenario, what are you doing here? That's similar here. And, and that's why I think it's important there to be able to apply similar logic that takes advantage of just human psychology we cannot do overly complex things in an emergency no no no, no. <laughs> our brains just don't work that way so yeah, yeah. how can we make it simple and memorizable so that yeah. way i don't have my leader who's a crisis management leader trying to say where's my plan at where's my plan i'd rather them be I, able to say right these are the four steps i've got to implement it doesn't matter where the document is i can implement it exactly yeah, here are my priorities right now i know i, I yeah. has, has everyone been accounted for you know number one before we move right. on to anything else yeah i mean we could we could uh we could talk about this for all day long i'm sure but uh, <laughs> i'd like to move on and, and talk about situational awareness i i, I know that's a, a big one for you and certainly you know we, we talk about that all the time uh here at PreparedX. but um you know what is situational awareness and why should crisis teams be able to create it um during incidents but also obviously maintain it during incidents as well yeah well the fog of war concept that that term is is very real i've seen it in person um but i would say the the, the situational awareness need is important because we do spend a lot of time catching each other up on what's been learned and you know sharing information it's, it takes a lot of the efficiency out of response when you're just constantly saying hey this is the update this is what happened this is what happened and catching the new person up right, right. so that's one aspect of emergencies that i think it's situational and situational awareness is is vital for the second thing is like you know when you have a common operating picture then decisions can be made so much more 
easier, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you manage that? You know, one, one of the things I, I tend to do is just use three simple questions at the beginning of any incident and keep a track of those questions. As things are resolved, take them off the list. But here's the question. It's like, what do you know right now? Right. Right. What don't you know right now? Right. And then what problems do we need to solve? Yep. All right. If you can answer those three questions and keep a running track of that information, then people can contribute to those those three questions. You know, you can just simply make a, right. a, a spreadsheet. Right? It, right. it doesn't have to be complex, a whiteboard. Right. But the point is, then people can come in and say, this is where I know how to get information about the situation as it stands right now. And as things are resolved or answered, the answer is either next to it or it's crossed off the list, right? So you can even have a track of what's been discussed in the past. But the point is, you know, if you can share information across multiple parties in a rapid fashion, then then you don't have to spend time answering the same question over and over again. Right, yeah. yeah. Secondly, you're, you're able to really address problems faster. And I, I think that's very important in, 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 in emergencies. Yeah. It cuts out a lot of that noise as well. Right. So a lot of that other yeah. stuff that's going on. So, you know, re- really important. And, uh, you know, some organizations, uh, you know, do, do struggle with that. And it's hard to replicate that, um, you know, re- you know, cause you know, uh, you know, we, some scenarios will put hundreds of injects together in full scale exercises, for instance, where, you know, we're really trying to kind of ramp up what it would really be like, uh, in those <laughs> events. But, uh, you know, in a tabletop exercise, when we're sat around discussing it, it's not often the same in terms of that, uh, that real, so if you can do that and you can ramp it up a little bit, you can certainly uh, practice uh, developing that situational and awareness uh, skill. Um, so uh, moving on to stories, um, uh, do you have a, a story, a crisis management story uh, where it went wrong due to poor planning? And of course, you don't need to mention uh, any names, but uh, obviously there's a lot of public information out there. So feel free to, uh, you know, mention or not mention uh, any names. Yeah, well, but, uh, but I think it's, it's about the lesson, though, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I think the the story that always I always go to is is a situation I was working in, in and there was a, a company that had multiple sites, and I was not based at the the site in question. But uh, a security guard walks in, uh, talks to uh, staff there locally, and says, "Hey, I think we got a bomb threat. Uh, I've just been notified of a bomb threat." And this security guard was brand new, didn't know what the protocols were, but just started to tell people in the office. They, in turn, begin to panic and uh, immediately you know, start to partially evacuate. Nobody called for an evacuation. We did not have a plan uh, locally. Uh, and even it was early in the morning when, when a lot of leaders hadn't got to the office yet, right? So people just started to self-evacuate. Others were telling, you know, sharing the word. A few of them called our main office, and that's where it, where it started to really escalate. And, and, and ultimately, there was a... Uh, conference call with what had to be every leader possible in the company, all on the same phone call, just spitting out information, calling out, like, I heard this, I heard that. There Nothing was no good happens there. when that happens, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Talk there about was, disorganization. Yeah. yeah, it was funny because, like, you know, chaos. I started yeah. and the chaos was exactly the word yeah. to describe it. And, and so people were trying to do their best, right? I'm not trying to knock the fact that they were trying. It was just that, you know, you, that fog of war concept we you asked earlier, situational awareness was non-existent. 
mm-hmm. because information was just popping into the, the chat, the discussion. Then uh, a CEO or a high level leader jumps in and starts to say, okay, what are we doing here? And, and he's getting frustrated. The facilities leader is getting, everybody's frustrated. And ultimately, you know, we, we had so many questions to answer, but, you know, at one point the police department had arrived and were searching the building for a bomb and they were asking employees because they didn't know the building layout. Can you walk with me as we look through the building for anything suspicious with that alone? We were just like, why is, why are employees going back in the building? You know, we were just, there were so many questions, right? right. Uh, that was a situation in which there was no plan. There was mm-hmm. no strategy on who's making decisions. Leaders were getting involved and there was tactical decisions made that weren't being made. And because of the nature of just the, the way we got into a conference call, it was not even a way for us to adequately understand who's talking, when's talking, you know, the logistics of response, everything <laughs> Disaster. could go wrong, went yeah. wrong. Right. Yeah. Now, luckily, it was not a real bomb threat. It was a mistake. Um, but that event kind of really kickstarted a lot of, oh, we can't do it like this. There, there's no way we can operate like this. And, and it, it did lead to a lot of positive change. But yes, yes. It was definitely, <laughs> I, think that, I think, you know, that that was the that was the event that was probably the most chaotic that I've been a part of and, and right. it would have benefited from some planning. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least, you know, you know, th- those lessons to be learned came, you know, came out of that and, uh, and, and change, you know, um, hopefully uh, happened in, in a positive way. And, that, and that's good. So what about a positive outcome? Do you have, do you have a story about a, a good one that um, you were you involved know, with? I would say that probably the bump that was the most, the one with the, also a positive outcome. I mean, like that, that's the challenge with some of the, the business focused crisis events that we respond to. We've all been there. We, you know, COVID response, We've all you know, recently had that experience and that yep. had a lot of uh, planning um, development, right? Then you have yep. you know, different cyber emergencies. There's a lot of different events that have happened on my career where you said, okay, a lot of crap happened, excuse me for that term, but there's a lot of things that happened. But at the end, a lot of these resulted in, hey, we need to fix these problems. There's no way. In fact, I feel like that really shifted my, my view on coming in and just writing plans and building planning first, instead of doing tabletop first or exercising yep. first, yep. that shifted my viewpoint on what's, what brings more value yep. to a business that's never done this before is, is to just throw them in the mix of a scenario and start discussing. And you quickly not only see the gaps, but you also see uh, people realize, oh, <laughs> this is not good. We're going <laughs> right. to be really screwed in an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, we've been th- went, went through one recently uh, in in the last few months. Anyway, uh, that was like that, and um, you know, but but again, it's you know, it, it's you know, it, it's almost like that light bulb. Even though, um, you know, you know, a professional from the you know organization who's responsible for preparedness or whatever the role might be has mentioned this to the team and said, "Look, we need to do this." And even if you've had, tra- look, I, you know, we we go through training. You know, we train folks up all the time, but uh, unless you then put that training into effect and uh and practice for real then you know you, you really don't identify you know what some of those gaps are but uh yeah I, I both ways work for us as well in terms of uh you know in terms of introducing uh scenario planning right right yeah i think scenario planning uh, is, is key you, you have to think about these scenarios and and, and start to to address them well in advance it's not it's not good to uh, think about 
um, them later. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Sure. Well, that's how we kind of wrap up here anyway. So, uh, you know, we're kind of moving towards the end here of the, uh, uh, the questions. Uh, and so the last one we always ask everyone, cause we, we love different perspectives, right? So, you know, you, you'll hear probably, I don't know, maybe every podcast, certainly for the last 40 or 50, I've always pre- kind of presented this question and, uh, you know, what, what's your perspective on scenario planning, the importance, the reasons why, and all that good stuff. What, what's your view on that? Yeah, well, scenario planning is is a very unique. Uh, it has both business uh, potential, like you know, just general business pre- uh, benefit, but when applied with crisis management, I think it's also equally beneficial. Uh, you know, I think I got turned on to the concept overall. Uh, Simon uh, Chernak is a is a professor in in uh, Colorado State University. I believe he's written a couple books around that. Yep. I've heard him speak. Uh, I, I think he does a great job thinking things through, and he applies it to the resilience perspective. But he 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 turned me on to this article by another gentleman named Renee Orbeck in in a LinkedIn. If you if you look search for his name, you'll find a couple articles by him. He's he's a really good author. But he he kind of summarized it this way, and it, it really resonates a lot with me. Is that when you look at the COVID pandemic, um, scenario planning was was rapidly distributed across every small business in the world all at once. Right. <laughs> yes. You know? And so, especially restaurants, they were literally faced with the fact of like, okay, I can either give up or I can think of another strategy. Right. Yep. And so, in, in this article by Rene Rohrbeck, he he talks about meeting with a French restaurateur. And he went to go eat around August of 2020 and, and the restaurant, you know, sat down with him and said, Hey, let me share a bottle of wine with you. This may be the last bottle of wine I open up for a while. I think I'm right. closing business down. And so they started to talk and luckily Renee was like, well, let me just, you know, let's talk about this. And he mapped out, you know, what are the concerns? And so with scenario planning, you're, you're basically looking at, okay, well, if this happens, what are the ramifications and in, in the outcomes, right? right. And so in this case, the, the owner was like, well, I don't know how long this event's going to last. And I don't know how, what extent of lockdown we're facing here mm-hmm. that could impact my business. And so he came up with two basic scenarios. Either you, um, you know, the length of time is going to be super long or super short, or the, or the intensity is going to be, you know, light or, or strong, right? So you have that scenario planning cross and the outcomes were then saying, I can either stay it as is, keep operating and hope for the best. I right. can go digital. I can, you know, open up my DoorDash or you yep. know, online services. I can hibernate and just, you know, stretch my dollars out as long as possible and then come back whenever I can or I can give up because give up was where he was at. So he went from having one option to four options by going through the scenario planning. And so many people don't think, Hey, you know, what is scenario planning for? It's just for me to map out the bad things. It it can also map out the good things. Right. Right. right, So I think that's a value add in a lot of business. When you think about scenario planning is that it broadens your perspective on not only what the bad is, but what could be, the positive solutions that can come out of something, right? It can also increase your awareness amongst people. Cause like in this case, this restaurateur, he wasn't even thinking right. about what yep. positives could come out. And in fact, yep. in the, in the article, he talks about, Hey, let me go talk to my chef. This is a great idea. I, I think yeah. we can go digital. You know, I didn't even yeah. think about that until yeah, you had yeah, yeah. the conversation. So it, it increases awareness and it gives you to, an opportunity to think about alternatives, you know, yep. to something that you never would have thought of before. So I, I, I'm a big fan of it. 
Uh, I think sometimes you have to be a little bit more on the maturity track for people to start to say, hey, this is where we should start spending our time. But I think everybody should, should get there if they want crisis management programs to mature. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. What a great story, a great way to end. Yeah, I mean, the essence really of scenario planning really comes from wargaming, right? From, you know, many centuries ago and even even way, way even further back. Um, you know, it, it's about having options when you go into battle, right? And so yeah. and how, how do we do that? We game that out. Okay, well, you know, what if the enemy is in this location versus this one? You know, how are we going to deal with that situation, right? And of course, you know, uh, that, that continues today from a, uh, from a military standpoint, from a government planning standpoint. So, uh, and it should be no different uh, within our businesses to make sure that we're, uh, you know, more again from a, just from an emergency response standpoint. But like you say, you know, there may be opportunities as well. Right. Absolutely. Great. Well, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you taking uh, time out of your busy day, uh, Shane. Uh, what about uh, folks getting a hold of you? I know you're busy um, on LinkedIn and uh, you're out there on, on the social networks when you can, of course. But uh, yeah. how can folks get a hold of you? Well, you can always uh, reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn. I'm pretty active uh, on there. I try to uh, talk with people. I really enjoyed the, the, the networking aspect of LinkedIn. So Shane Matthew on LinkedIn. Um, also, the Failover Plan uh, or it's a failoverpodcast.com if you want to check out uh, the, the episodes I've done in the past uh, with other resilience professionals. So those are the two main ways to, to reach me right now. Great. Well, again, uh, thank you for your time today. really appreciate it. And we'll be in touch again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Well, that wraps up episode 106 of our podcast series. I encourage you to rate us on iTunes if you're listening to us. And of course, if you're watching this one, uh, we'd love to hear from you in the comments section, whether it's on YouTube or wherever else um, these clips are being played. Again, thank you for your time today and take care, everyone. Be safe. Cheers. Mm-hmm.